1: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is suspended home for Cubs and baseball news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on Twitter at Cup of Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about life without baseball right now at Bleed Cubby Blue.
0: <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanna a second. I am kind of I guess in denial that we don't have baseball right now because I miss it but at the same time I'm not like I struggle some days and other days I'm like I don't know it just it feels like okay without baseball and I know that is not the typical me so something is a little bit off here but man, it's it's,
1: I would kill for a day that felt okay without
0: baseball right I, I I don't know. It's so strange. I think it's just kind of my my denial and my like defense mechanism, you know?
1: No, that makes a ton of sense. I actually was thinking about this today because I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, these days are just, everything is so similar. And I'm sure this is like very different for both of us because, you know, I'm doing this whole stay at home order stuff by myself at home. And it's like everything, every day is just kind of like You know, if it's a work day, wake up early, get on some Zoom call, do all my work stuff, try to get a run or a walk in, try to get a workout in, repeat over and over and over. And having like a three hour long baseball break would be such an awesome thing. I actually, um, one of the friends, one of our, our friends on Twitter was posting about the Korean baseball games or the Taiwanese baseball games that everybody's getting up to watch at like five o'clock in the morning and I am definitely not a morning person and I think I might start doing that just to mix it up a little bit I mean it's baseball to watch right totally and it's supposed to be really fun uh and I I like the idea of just having that to look forward to because it I I don't know I'm being maudlin. I it's not like I don't have anything to look forward to it's just that it's gonna have been like seventy-five plus days of this when all of this is said and done, and that is a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, a long time. It's a yeah. This is it's been a crazy time, and and like you said, we have are having very different situations right now because obviously I'm home with my three children, and um, you know, while we live in in St. Louis City proper, we definitely have a home and a yard, which all of which needed some updating so we've been working feverishly on all of that stuff so I think maybe that could also be why I'm not like so honed in on what is happening or not happening with baseball but I will say that I have zero issue with getting up at five o'clock in the morning if I can watch a couple innings of baseball
1: (laughs) well speaking speaking of baseball uh let's just jump right into Let's start with this minor league baseball contraction. And I am just, I, I'm pretty appalled. Like I knew this was coming. I knew that major league baseball had already tipped its hands that they wanted to contract the minor leagues. When we didn't have a pandemic, the writing on the wall became pretty clear as seasons didn't start that revenues were going to be down across the minor leagues and I mean, that's just kind of a disaster. They don't have any leverage to try and protect their own existence in the current state of affairs. So it wasn't like I was shocked or anything when it came out that minor league baseball had reportedly agreed to a contraction. That's been disputed a little bit back and forth, but seems pretty inevitable that 40 plus teams are not going to exist after all of this. But I was also still a little horrified just with the smoothness at which it happened, the way that they just kind of like used this disaster to implement their plan that they had anyway. And in particular, this was reported yesterday or the day before on ESPN as if minor league baseball were the people playing hardball here. And I was just, come on. Does anybody believe that? (laughs) Am I the only one that was horrified by the way that was framed?
0: Um, I mean, these kids are already just desperate enough to play their game at the, you know, at whatever level they can for whatever pay they can. Do we honestly think that they are the ones playing hardball? I mean, that is just, I mean, that's such a bad framing job by a major league by, you know, everybody involved in this whole situation. We know that you know, these kids are basically playing ball at the at the level they're playing for next to nothing. And they just want the ability to be able to do that. So I <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad angle and it's a bad look. You know, I mean, it's sad that something like this they're gonna use to to make it easier to hatch their plan. And it, it just it it, it sinks. And I feel for these kids and the all the people that these affect because Um, you, you know, there's a lot more than just the players that are going to be affected by 40 teams no longer existing.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, the exact quote from Jeff Passan, who I generally like, but this, I just thought was just, wow. The exact quote was, all of this is taking place against the backdrop of minor league baseball's disastrous power play in which it planned to fight MLB's attempts to cut upwards of 40 teams are you kidding me right now? <laughs> minor league baseball's disastrous power play. Like I get that we live in a world where people think that if you just say it enough times, it's true. And that facts don't matter. But like major league baseball is the one with a power play here. Minor league baseball has no power. And these are teams that exist solely on their gate, right? Like if there is not a minor league baseball season, this year, which it looks like there may not be. And we'll talk about the implications for that with player development in a second. How exactly are these teams supposed to exist at all? They have no leverage. There's no power play. It's just major league baseball taking an ax to 40 teams. And in a sense, creating 40 communities where baseball used to exist, where it's no longer going to be a thing. It's horrifying. And I'm appalled.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's not good for you know, their s- supposed marketing ploy over the last couple of seasons has been to expand um, the age range of your average Major League Baseball consumer. And you're taking away so many people's ability to consume, you know, live baseball action. And it's it just it's so sad. I mean, you're just basically talking out of both sides of your mouth when you do something like this, when you make a move like this, because you have the ability to provide all these communities with live baseball action, which in turn, you know, is doing exactly what your marketing plan is, is going after. And you're just, it's just, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good plan. You know, and I just, I feel for all the people affected and and to have less baseball is not going to help the fandom of baseball. I mean, it's already going in the wrong direction. And then to take away teams is just, it's, it's not, it's not smart, not smart at all.
1: I mean, this is the thing that's, you really nailed it a second ago, which is that you're taking away people's ability to watch the live game. It does not increase your fan base to take away opportunities to interact with the fans and the players and, and not have a product. Like I, I mean, I think about the pandemic right now, right? And, you know, you were just talking about how there's so many other things going on. It's possible to have days where you're just like, baseball isn't the center of the universe. And that, that is true and 100% accurate. But it is also true that if baseball were to come back in some form without fans in Arizona or Florida or Texas or wherever they could play it, it would immediately be such a relief for so many people to have just that three hour mental break. And the fact that as they're fighting to get that back, which truly would be like a, a crucial moment for our nation's pastime, the powers that be in major league baseball are like, eh, we're just going to, we're just going to ax 25% of the communities who currently have minor league teams. Good luck. Can you right. imagine if that, if even that trying actually, to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to finish. Can you imagine even trying to start an independent league in the current environment? Because that's what these teams were told they should do originally.
0: Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it's basically like saying, we want you to love baseball. We want you to cherish baseball. We want you to do what your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents have done since they were little children. Consume baseball, love baseball, be a fan of baseball, spend your money at our parks, spend your money on our product. But it's actually not that important. Like right. let's you know, we can actually do away with twenty five percent of what we are what we have out there. It's actually not as important as we we think you should feel it is. You know, it's just it's so backwards to me. It's so backwards and it it's you know, it, it's gotta really speak volumes to some of these people that maybe look a little bit deeper. I know we we know players that are way more involved in community outreach stuff that, you know, have a have their hand on the pulse of what's going on in the minor leagues and know the politics behind it. And they cannot be happy about this. I mean, this has got to be something that worries them a little bit because, you know, you start axing teams at the lower levels like that, and they're allowed to do that and able to do that in whatever way they do it. And what's stopping them from, from doing it to keep moving up the ladder? You know what I mean? Like it's just going to become something that they have gotten away with and they've been able to do. So, you know, what else they can do or what what else they can finagle, you know, where they want to save a buck here and there. So it's just, you know, it's just not a good look all the way around. And it, it, they're not sending the right message to to people that they want to consume their product and love their product. It's just... their marketing plan is not being done correctly in this situation.
1: No, it's not at all. And I think about all of the people who are going to lose out on opportunities to develop as a player. And, you know, it's not like it's the most common path in the world to be like a 30 or 40th round draft pick and all of a sudden make it to the major leagues, but it does happen. There are examples of it every single season. And, Those players are the ones who are going to lose their teams and lose their affiliation with Major League Baseball. And I want to pause here for a second because I think player development is a really important aspect of this. So one of the things, one of the reasons that Major League Baseball thought it could get away with cutting 40 minor league teams is they would just use the college teams as part of their player development position, right? And so players like Chris Bryant would come in more ready because they had played all those years of college ball and you don't have to worry about developing players from the time they're 16, 17 years old. Well, it is entirely unclear to me that there is going to be a like what college sports are going to look like in 2020 and 21. And so where is the player development aspect of this coming from? I'm concerned that they're not going to have the same type of pool of talent available and developed and you can probably get away with that I don't know for one season maybe two but I don't know how you get away with that for multiple seasons which does it look like we're going to be in anything like normal America for the next however long it takes to get a vaccine
0: I mean the trickle down effect to this is is astronomical and it can't really be measured by you and I sitting here hashing it out because there's just so many things that are affected and player development is definitely right up there. And that is something that you have to imagine kids that are in high school right now and would want to someday be able to play professional baseball. And their only path is to start venturing their way through the minors have to be a little bit discouraged by this or a lot discouraged by this and, and wonder, you know, if I don't go to a good college, I don't do something big in college, I'm probably never going to play baseball past you know my college career. It's just yeah, I mean it's definitely going to deter people, some people probably from from continuing on with with baseball because it, it probably shows them, you know, it, it's the it's the the fast way that the higher minor leagues or nothing. And you know, this is a dream for a lot of young boys or at some point was. And, and now it's just, you know, that you kind of are second guessing that because just all of a sudden now you find so many of these players, 40 teams worth of players don't have a team to play for, or, you know, they could possibly be done with their baseball career. And that's, that's really, that's really disheartening. And, and you feel for that. And a a lot of aspects of baseball will suffer. Um, Professional baseball will suffer. And, and there's just no way around that.
1: Yeah, and and I want to be clear for a second, like obviously there are much more important things than professional baseball at the moment and baseball taking a hit on the player development level because of a global pandemic is like in the, the grand scheme of things it is not the most important thing. However, this is a baseball podcast and so looking at some of those implications is what we do. And, you know, I can't remember what show I was watching right now. I don't remember. It might have actually been a news show. It might not have been like a baseball show, but something in the past week of, you know, whatever blur of life is pandemic life. Um, I was listening to a parent talk about their child who had done like travel ball and all of this other type of stuff, right? And they were about to head to college. Well, they hadn't signed up for a summer program or anything like that. Most of those summer programs are like getting canceled left and right as we speak. But this person who has a really, like, you know, was on the trajectory of being a prospect and was somebody who would be considered, you know, in the top tier of this mix is going to miss out on however many months of at-bats because- They don't have a summer program. The college program isn't starting up. They're not doing a summer program right now. They're just going to hold off until next spring and hope that they can play again in the spring. It's entirely unclear that they will be able to play again in the spring. And I just cannot even imagine how players are going to adapt to this. I mean, I'm sure there are ways. I'm sure that awesome people like friend of the show, Rachel Folden, are helping them out to make sure that they're prepared and they're doing their workouts on their own but nothing can take the place of all of those live at bats that they're going to miss.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to take its toll and um, you feel for the people that, you know, had a pretty pretty solid trajectory into baseball post-college or whatever. And again, you know, I mean, I kind of see some of this unfolding firsthand. I have um, a neighbor person who is like family to us. She is, um, a sister daughter, niece type, like just depending on, you know, what day it is. She plays college softball. This is her senior year. I mean, like literally she was just telling me we, we had a catch out in the alley, which we figured was the least, um, the least that we could visit with each other and see each other. We have it in a a few weeks. So it was nice, but we were talking while we were playing catch and she said, it was just so weird. I remember it happening. It was literally a Tuesday. They had a workout. They were already in season. Like we had already went and watched her play a couple games and, We had went, she, they were in season, they had a workout, they were leaving campus and got a text message that said, pack enough clothes and pack up your food. And I mean, just so, you know, like, like definite and so over. And like the next morning, she's like, we're getting text messages and phone calls that our season is over and everybody was in limbo. Like she's a senior, so am I just done? Wow. Like, do I get to play anymore? Like, I don't even know what's happening. Well, now she did just tell us tonight that she is going back next year. They are extending all their eligibility. So, um, as far as I know, NCAA was giving all of the, um, giving everybody all college athletes, um, an additional year of eligibility or spring spring sport right. college athletes. for getting another year of eligibility. So she is going to go back as a graduate and, um, and play her senior season, which I think is tremendous, but not everybody has the ability to do that. Not everybody was planning on doing that. You know, people may have had jobs lined up already. Um, Right. You know, it's just, there's there, it's just so many things that, you know, this whole thing is affecting, but yeah, I mean the livelihood and, you know, any planning for this year or even the first half of next is pretty much out the door. Like you have to just be able to, you know, take it as it comes type thing, because who knows what's going to happen. And these people that are, you know, we're looking to go on to these minor league teams that no longer have teams to go to that are college athletes. I mean, they could just be done. That could just be the end of it. And it's really a hard pill to swallow. And like you said, obviously, I'm not trying to be dramatic. There's much bigger fish to fry in this whole, the whole grand scheme of things, but you know, it is important to some, and it is, you know, a lot of people's futures could depend on that. So it is something that people worry about. And it's just something that I like for people to take into consideration that it is happening.
1: I, I agree. Like I am, I have thought a lot about high school students recently because that's where my day job is. And so I'm always thinking about graduations and end of the year celebrations and debate national championships and whatever. But I just can't even imagine your senior year in college as an athlete coming to a close like that, right? That's, I just, (laughs) I'm almost speechless. I'm so sad for all the people who are missing out. On these capstone moments, right? Like you spend so many years to get yourself into a position where you can play softball in college, you can play baseball in college, and then it just, it poof, like you're just done. You just get a call that there's no season. I, I feel so sad for your neighbor. <laughs> She
0: is a trooper. I will say she's in very good spirits. I think she was really happy to see me and my daughters and, and my husband was out there doing yard work and stuff too. And she was very happy to see us. We're extremely close with her and her family. So it's been really hard. Her, her dad is a high risk person. So we've distanced ourselves quite a bit from them just, you know, because we don't want, to you know cause any issues or anything like that, we want him to be safe and stay safe, so he is like a grandfather to my children, so it's been very hard to to not see them and not be around them because we are on a daily basis normally so it was really nice to see her, and she was in great spirits and very happy. She's always a very happy person, so I feel like, regardless of what would have happened, what the outcome is, she's one of those people that would have bounced back and been just fine, but not everybody is that way, you know right. i mean that's that's something that can really take a toll on a person and, and, you know, she's good. She, she was totally fine and very happy, but, you know, I just, I say a little prayer for all the ones that are really, really, you know, taking this hard because it is, it it, it is a battle and, you know, it, it's definitely takes a toll on your mentality and everything else.
1: So. Well, that is a perfect place for us to take a quick break for our sponsors. Don't go anywhere on the flip side. We are going to be talking about the Red Sox quote unquote punishment uh, and how all of that came to be this week, but we'll catch you on the other side. First, a quick break. Okay. We're back. Uh, Full disclosure. Most listeners of this podcast know that my second favorite team is the Red Sox. And I lived in Boston for six years and earlier this week, last week i guess we're recording on a monday so like last week uh when all of the news came down about the red Sox quote-unquote punishment i was just i mean shrug emoji like i can't even believe did they do that did they actually call it a punishment okay i'll, I'll i'm getting ahead of myself so <laughs> i'm so furious about this that you know this was supposed to be the astros hate season where we all got to spend all of 2020 mocking the Astros and jeering at them for cheating. And the same thing was going to happen to the Red Sox. And instead, the only person that got punished in the Red Sox sign-stealing scandal is the replay operator named J.T. Watkins, the only one. There was no $5 million fine. Everybody thought that fine was too small for the Astros. The Red Sox didn't even get one. Alex Cora is in fact suspended for the 2020 season but they were explicit that he's only suspended for his role in the Astros sign stealing scandal not the Red Sox sign stealing scandal and the kicker they released the report the day before the NFL draft so they're clearly just trying to bury it and I was just appalled like is are we really expected to believe that the entire Red Sox investigation sign stealing thing was just like the one replay dude and nobody else knew anything?
0: I mean, uh, I still think that like, there's gotta be some news following this, right? This is just like a big joke to me, like a big fat joke. Like when I read it, when I read what was happening or what was not happening, I guess you could say, I was like looking around, I'm like, wait, am I being punked right now? Like this can't (laughs) actually be what they consider a punishment, right? Like, this is a joke. I mean, how are more people not up in arms about this? Because it, to me, just seems like a smack in the face. Not only would I be pissed if I am a Houston Astro, which, I mean, they don't really have any room to be pissed about anything, but at the same time, there should be somewhat of a comparable punishment. And that's nowhere near it. Nowhere even in the same vicinity like it's just it's a joke
1: right like I'm laughing it's a joke like I mean I think the reason people aren't up in arms is because if you blinked you missed it like they tried so hard to make sure that nobody saw what was going on it was like do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain stuff they totally buried it to let the NFL draft news take over everything they didn't punish anybody or do anything that would have made headlines I mean I feel real bad for this JT Watkins guy. Like I feel like he basically got scapegoated and will probably never get to work in baseball again. Cause he became the fall guy for the entire thing. But like, I kind of think that the Red Sox should have gotten punished more. And I like the Red Sox. I say this as a person who like big poppy is my dude. And I like love going to Red Sox games. And I The Red Sox should have been punished more here. I don't think a second round draft pick and like it was the replay operator is an adequate explanation for what months of investigations. I think they said they did something like 68 or 65 interviews (laughs) with people and everybody was just like, yeah, no, we don't know.
0: I mean, so this might sound really silly, but I have a reason for asking this. Are we sure that there is even a replay operator? Like, are we sure this isn't like just some (laughs) random name that they made up, like a guy that they're firing and ruining his fake life so that they had somebody to put this on that's not an actual real person? Like, seriously, that's where I'm at with this because it just seems so. Yeah. And you're right. A hundred percent, you're right. There's people out there that probably don't even have a clue that this was handed down because it was so well. You know, it was so well placed as far as all of the things around it that could be distracting to this happening. Like, I guarantee you could go on Twitter right now and post something, and there would be people to be like, What? Like, that happened? It, it just, yeah, it, it, it just a joke. Like, I'm just so frustrated with this whole thing and Major League Baseball just becoming more and more about politics. And I know we don't need to venture into that angle of it, but I just feel like that's all this is. And it's really sad that some of these teams and some of these people because of who they are and what they mean to baseball can get away with just about anything
1: I mean people did reply that way when I wrote the piece about it earlier or last week I keep saying earlier this week as if it can be earlier than Monday look y'all days are running together okay it is impossible to tell what day it is anymore um when I wrote this piece last week a friend of ours who is super involved in baseball stuff and like always knows what's going on patrick replied to my pc's like the report came out <laughs> like <laughs> yes the report came out and like i and nobody knows and nobody knows what the punishment was cuz they just totally buried it it's like mlb didn't want to have any more bad news they were like look we can't play right now We're trying to get away with cutting 25% of the minor leagues without people thinking that we're like evil billionaires taking away people's livelihoods in the next great depression. And we just really need a fall guy. So they picked this random person on the Red Sox staff and we're like, you, you're the fall guy.
0: Who I will still claim may not even actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) It could just be a random person. I wouldn't, I want like a picture of him or like, I need to know that this was an actual person. And I'm going to tell you, and we laugh about this because in my day job, I work in a team of three. And sometimes when something happens, if something gets missed or somebody messes up, we always say, well, that was Larry. Larry screwed that up. There's <laughs> nobody named Larry on our team. That's just an imaginary person that we like to pawn stuff off on when you know nobody really needs to or wants to take the blame. So that's why I'm asking. Are we sure that there's an actual person that exists? Because maybe it was Larry. <laughs>
1: like I mean, this is a this is a better explanation than anything I've come up with for how MLB <laughs> managed to do like a 15-month investigation and find nothing.
0: Right. And then all of a sudden, just Larry is the only one that did it. Like that to me just seems so unheard of. <laughs> like just so
1: ridiculous. I mean the other thing here that is really interesting, and I and I just want to like, you know, shout out to Mike Fires because it seems like The big difference between what happened with the Red Sox and what happened with the Astros was a player coming forward and calling shenanigans. Like Mike Fires coming out publicly and saying, put my name on it. This happened. I saw it. It was wrong. Made a huge difference for how this investigation happened. And because there was not that whistleblower in the Red Sox organization and no player said anything and no front office person actually said anything. MLB was perfectly willing to just be like, oh, well, I I guess there's nothing to see here. Just a replay operator gone rogue.
0: (laughs) That is so ridiculous to me. That is, I mean, who do they think he was taking instruction from? Or did he just wake up one day and decide that he was going to cheat other major league teams so that his team would have the benefit? Like, there (laughs) has to be other people involved in this. This cannot just be Larry's fault. Like... I just, I don't, I don't freaking get it. Like, it's just, it's so all the interviews you people did. And this is all you came up with. Like, I'm going to call BS on that. Like, that's just, that's really ridiculous. And I mean, I can't be the only one that is that thrown about this. I, I, it, it just really, I mean, it, it just seems really, really silly. This whole thing. I mean, one Replay operator is the only person that is guilty in their whole thing, and Alex Cora got punished as well. That's it.
1: The Cora punishment blows my mind, though, because like I have been fielding like text messages from family and friends who admittedly are Yankees fans, so they were like overblowing it the other way, but for months now that we're like is Cora going to get banned for life? Is Cora going to get the ultimate baseball punishment and be like out of the game forever? And I didn't think that was going to happen. But I did think that Cora was going to wind up, I don't know, 2-year suspension, something more than what happened to AJ Hinch. <laughs> like I something, anything. Not well, we think you only need to be punished for what you did with the Astros. There's nothing to see with the Red Sox. I they are literally in Boston, honest to God, in the Boston local papers there are people writing in like hey can Cora come back can we just hire him back why not I mean here's the other thing about this
0: how about you actually make him serve his punishment on a legitimate season like (laughs) this isn't even a season people like we're gonna be in May here and probably June or July before we even see any thoughts of baseball and this is I mean by the time it's all said and done he will have served a fragment of what most other coaches that have given, have gotten full season suspensions. That to me is just an absolute joke. I mean, for one, you're handing out the punishment when we're in the middle of a pandemic that has everything shut down. So knowing full, well, there's not even a full season to play. You're handing out a full season ban. Like that's just, that is, that's, that's horrible. Like common sense, common sense serve your punishment in 2021 when we hopefully fingers crossed we'll see an entire season of baseball action from beginning to end then he will have served a fair punishment no let's have him serve in 2020 when he maybe will serve six weeks punishment like it's just stupid like it's so stupid
1: no it totally is it's like when a pitcher throws at a hitter intentionally and is issued like a three or four game suspension that basically means they don't even miss a start (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, yeah. God, you really, really got me with that three Ooh. game
0: suspension. <laughs> Ooh, don't hurt me with my punishment. <laughs> like, my my next start gets moved back a day. Ooh, I mean, come on. It's just a it's just a bad joke. Just a really bad joke. MLB
1: just needs to get their stuff together with this. Well, and I just I'm trying to figure out what MLB is doing here because it's so they went so hard. Against the Astros, right? Like that was the story of the off-season. The story of the off-season was the Astros are cheaters, MLB is cracking down, sign stealing electronically will not be tolerated. It's terrible for the game. It will ruin everything. And we're gonna go after the Red Sox too. And we think there are some other teams that might be involved, and we're definitely gonna investigate that. And then they finally get to the part where they go after another team and they're like, Yeah, we got nothing. <laughs> I don't know, there's nothing. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, it's bad. That's, I mean, that's just,
0: and it's blatant, you know? I mean, like, we're not stupid. Like, you're playing us to just be completely uneducated, you know, with no imagination whatsoever, people. And, like, I watch enough movies to know that there has to be more than just Mr., you know, replay operator Larry, that, you know, he's just, you know... (laughs) operating completely on his own, completely on his own. Nobody else had any clue that he was doing what he was doing. Nobody else was even involved enough to be punished. Like just, it's, it's just a bad joke. I know I've said that 700 times, but
1: it was the players and Larry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. It's just, it's just bad. It's really bad. I, I, and I'm glad that you as somebody who likes the Red Sox can say it and laugh about it because it, it, you know, if if any other teams, fans, and and you know what team I'm thinking of, and probably most of you listening do too, had something like this happen, they would fight this tooth and nail. Like, no, this is totally fair. This is totally how it went. This is totally no, no, no. Don't be dumb. No.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think this is pretty obviously not fair, but they'll they'll probably get away with it because, frankly, nobody has the bandwidth to chase down MLB burying a story and trying to make something that looks like a black mark on the organization go away and a year where all they want. I, I, I I mean, I don't know this. I have no sources. I'm just guessing, but I am, if I was sitting in an office in major league baseball right now, all I would want is to figure out a way to play some games in a way that is 100% safe so that baseball can be the thing That takes everybody's mind off the pandemic. A hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: They want to swing in as the hero eventually. And I really hope, and I'm not saying that in an ignorant sense, because I really do want to watch baseball this season, but it's got to make sure it checks all the boxes before you can even consider running games or, you know, whatever, however they decide play will go. So yeah, they want to swing in and be the hero. So they don't really want to draw much attention to any other negative things. Like you said, like we really can't run another negative story because, you know, I mean, it's bad enough that we can't offer our product to the people that want to consume it. And then to have negative things happen while there's no product, it's just not a good look. So yeah, of course, they're trying to tone that down. And eventually they want to swing in and be the hero that makes everyone happy and joyful again. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I completely get it. It doesn't mean it's right or it's, you know, okay. Or like people will forget about it. I don't think so. I think that once baseball is in full swing and we start to see some action and some normalcy back in our lives, I think this gets brought up again and people are going to be pissed and, and we'll have things to say. And, you know, I mean, I just don't see it going all the way away just right now. It's not as important because there's
1: bigger fish to fry. Totally. I can't say that any better. Um, Speaking of baseball, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot did suggest that she thinks there could be baseball in Chicago with no fans at some point this summer. So I'm hanging some hope on that one. That made me happy. She's been really just outstanding through this entire pandemic life. I don't know if you've been getting all of the Lightfoot memes down there in St. Louis, Andy, but she is worth a follow.
0: So if you are
1: so inclined, <laughs>
0: I don't know that, um, I don't know that I've ever discussed this on this, um, podcast, but Lori Lightfoot is actually married to a high school friend of mine's sister.
1: Oh, so Lori nice.
0: Lightfoot's wife, Amy is my good friend, Luke's sister. So I actually knew Amy growing up, um, cause we're from a very small town outside of Chicago or, I mean, not outside of Chicago, it's two hours West of Chicago in St. Louis. You have to explain the way or people don't understand. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, so she's married to Amy. So I have been I have been following her well before she became the mayor and um, have gotten some very cool videos from my friend Luke um, with his involvement and in, in her her running for mayor and all that good stuff. It's, it was really cool to watch and quite emotional having a personal connection to it. So um, she is fascinating and I love her. And these memes are. Gold, I mean, just absolute <laughs> gold and just hilarious and I have you know obviously a lot of friends from up there that um are fans of hers and I see a lot of funny stuff (laughs) coming from her and she plays along with it I mean she's got a good sense of humor she means business and she's not messing around and she's not afraid to you know show people that and it's hilarious and I love it keep them coming people whoever is making these keep them coming they're fantastic but yeah she's she's awesome and you know, if she has anything to say about it, there will be baseball up there. And, you know, as long as we can watch it, I don't care if I'm watching it on some obscure app that I have to buy or something. I don't care. As long as I can watch it, I don't have to be there because obviously, you know, there probably won't be anybody there. I just want to be able to consume it. I want to be able to see it. So as long as they can do that, I will be a happy camper and you'll have many happy campers in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I actually jumped on the Lightfoot train pretty early when she was polling like at less than 1%. I couldn't make it onto the... They had so many people running for mayor that they would do like um, staggered debates. And the debates were like the main candidates versus the not main candidates. And she was never on the main stage. And I was so furious. And then she just surged at exactly the right time, which was really cool. But... I, Look, y'all, whether you like her politics or not, follow at Chicago's mayor because you just get all these incredible Lightfoot memes telling people to stay inside. I think my personal favorite was a picture of her that said something like, uh, your game's never going to be that good. You don't need to work on your jump shot. Stay home.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and, and 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 well placed with the whole you know the last dance thing being out that's very well placed as well. So totally, totally. <laughs> she
1: she is a White Sox fan, but she threw the first pitch out at Wrigley last year after she got elected, and I actually happened to be at that game. It was one of those like moments of yay. That's. Um, I was going to say my friend Luke was there too, and so I got pictures and video and stuff. Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, she's she's always been very uh, gracious to Cubs fans. She. And those of us on the North side, even though she is a White Sox fan at heart. Um, on that note, Andy and I are going to sign off for the evening. Uh, thank you all for listening and keep your comments and questions coming on Twitter. We love hearing what's going on in your lives in pandemic life. We'll be back next week with more Life Without Baseball and news from baseball. Um Make sure you're following us. I am at BCB underscore Sarah. She is at BRYZ underscore blue. And we are both at Cup of Cubby Blue. Till next time.